Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi everyone, today I'm joined by Paul and Emily Hughes. Now, many of you who have listened to all the previous episodes will know that very rarely do I have two people on the same podcast. And this is even more unique because they met in 2003 as trainee teachers assigned to the same school. But it took a few years until they finally bonded over divorces and Emily's motorcycle levers which is a story we're desperate to hear. Uh, And the rest, as they say, is history. I'm reading their bio listeners, not my words. They've been happily married for almost 15 years. And now that they've both escaped teaching, their words again, not mine, they run the parent guide to GCSE, get that the right way around, uh, and supporting parents whose children are in years 10 to 13. Emily has a master's from Cambridge in maths with education while Paul has a Master's in Information Management and Computing from the University of Sheffield, so not too far from me, uh, which will probably tell you what they each taught for 15 years when they were in school as well. Emily runs a pop-up choir, or pop choir, pop choir, is that right? Pop choir, yeah, not pop-up choir, sorry listeners. In her spare time, as she says, she still needs to be able to boss people around having left teaching. I think you might be able to do that in his podcast a little bit as well. And Paul says he thinks that that's already covered at home. So I think, listeners, you'll get the gist of where this podcast is going to go. Welcome to today's podcast, Paul and Emily. Hi, Hello. thank you for having us. Yeah. What an introduction. So let's get started with the first thing, because just before I hit the record button, I had this burst of, that's a proper coffee. So Paul, you've just gone off. As Emily and I were talking, made a coffee. Describe the coffee that you're, you've made, that you're drinking, and tell us a little bit about how you normally take your coffee. And do both of you drink coffee, or is it a, a little bit of a one and not the other? I'm, I'm more of the guilty party here. Um, okay. Emily has a morning coffee every morning without fail, usually deli- delivered to her in right. bed, okay. because I'm not good a husband. Um, when it comes to me and coffee, I think I think it's a teacher thing, to be honest with you. I think you need something to keep you going through the day. So uh, that's where I kind of developed my rather unhealthy habit. But this, um, I've got a bean to cut machine. I love it. Nice. You can't just put milk in. You've got to make sure it's frothed up. So um, proper job yeah. with a bit of um, you know, chocolate on top just to, to make it look extra fancy. Yeah. Right. I want to say it's technically a latte, probably. Because mm. I know I mine is a caramel latte. We, we have the syrups in it. Everything. Oh, lovely. Yeah. 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 We do it properly. yeah it, it, for me, and, and most of the listeners will know this, you know, this is my favourite time of year as we're recording this heading towards Christmas because the gingerbread lattes come out. And that's that's one. I love anything ginger that's put in food or in drinks. Um, and yeah, a gingerbread latte, that's the one for me. Starbucks mm-hmm. is going to get hit pretty hard this Saturday because I know they're available. So. Sometimes they do beans that I don't know what they are, the blonde ones, maybe. I don't like them. No. It's just not as nice. It's I don't know if I'm just I know what I like and it's gotta be the same yeah. same. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's interesting because uh, at home I actually have the blonde coffee um, and that's and that's OK. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but when I go to Starbucks, very often uh, I have a filter coffee because filter coffee is quite cheap at Starbucks. I've mentioned that several times, but I actually like the Pike's Roast in just a black coffee. I actually quite like that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. And yeah, I think sometimes it's the way that they do it in store as well. They're supposed to be consistent, but they do make a little yeah. bit of difference. So I've got to ask, Emily, motorcycle levers. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we've been working together for several years at that point, and uh, we got chatting at work do about both of us in the process of divorcing people. And, uh, and at that stage, I had recently got a motorbike and I was going on the bike to, to work and I'd have to then go in and get changed because you can't teach all day in your leathers. And so yeah. I'd walk past his classroom, I think, most mornings in, in my leathers. And all of a sudden, he was interested. I can't imagine what it was. <laughs> what the link could be. It was your personality yes. was shining through uh, and I thought it'd be lovely to talk to you. Mm -hmm. But we did start on the same day. So we, we, yeah. we knew each yeah. other. We were kind of, you know, it, yeah. was, it was one of those things where I, I think um, fate uh, had us sort of, you know, yeah. Yeah. merged together. And it was, uh, yes, 15 years of marriage later, we're all yeah. good. Yeah, that's yes. it. And five years of working in business together. Yeah. We're still yeah. oh, well, that's, we'll come to that in a, in a moment because I'm sure there's something to share there. But it's interesting with levers. Um, yeah, I'm, I used to, in fact, I've still got all my levers. I keep all of my past levers, uh, whether it's two piece, one piece, etc., in in the wardrobe, never to be worn again, probably. Um, but very often, levers can be very complementary to male and female sort of figures, or they can be pretty destructive to that shape as well can't they and my, my wife was always very picky about the leather trousers because the first question and i'm going to be slightly sexist now was does my bum look big in these and unfortunately in a pair of motorcycle levers the answer would always yeah it does actually <laughs> which i was never forgiven for which is why i bought a single seat bike uh, and yeah, she very rarely came on the back of any bike yeah so uh, you need the it's important so from a point of view of your own business and you've been in business five years, um, tell us a little bit about that exit from teaching and the, the purpose and the drive to leave teaching, which most people would see as a secure, regular revenue, um, despite you know what all other people say about stress and all that kind of thing. But what inspired you, what moved you to create your own business then five years ago? Well, if, if I set the scene, we're both heads of department. We're both earning good money. Um, and uh, yeah, I think at the time we'd, we'd just moved. So Emily was at a different school. So we were in different schools, heads of department. It was all, everything was going fabulously. And then um, kind of Emily's boss turned out to be... Not so fun. Not so fun. Yeah. And Emily yeah. take the story over. Um, the, the very short version is I cracked up a little bit. Okay. And uh, was signed off for a while with depression and uh, went, knew I couldn't go back to that environment, moved on to a different school only to discover it wasn't going to be much better and I could feel it wobbling again and I thought, I can't do this, uh, my sanity is more important yeah. than my salary. So we had a, a conversation and Paul was surprisingly okay with the idea of me quitting my job or at least my, we kind of worked our way down. So yeah. part-time, 
we started setting some things up. It wasn't straight into this. We we tried a couple of different things as well, built in with our skill sets. So we built something for form tutors. So in the morning when you do the register, you've got 30 kids in front of you. Everyone's come in with some kind of crisis or they've forgotten to get something signed or whatever. And you're meant to be doing something productive and proactive with them. It's a nightmare. So we built a simple solution, formtimesorted.com, and started trying to market that to schools and discovered that which we should have worked out beforehand as heads of department, you tend to avoid people trying to sell you stuff, yeah. however helpful it might turn out to be. So that has trickled along, but it's it was never something that was going to turn into, yes, you can now both quit your jobs. And then we had this epiphany. Uh, our daughter was in, I want to say about year five, but I could be wrong. Um, and one of the parents posted on the Facebook group, how do I help my child with this, this homework? It's bar yeah. modeling maths we never did this <clears throat> light bulb went off nobody's helping parents mm. there's this whole industry supporting students there's tutors and revision guides and all the things and as a parent mm. our elder two were doing their gcse's and there's no one nothing to help you you just muddle your way through mm. even as a teacher we, we knew all the practical stuff we knew the advice to give them could we get them to listen to us <laughs> yeah. no no so, so we created that sort of middleman to yeah. to yeah, bridge the gap. And I think that's, you know, that's perhaps something I hadn't realised when we were talking before the recording, you know, that very often people who do things like parent guides, etc., that although they say they're parent guides, they're really student guides that they realise that they've got to get the parents behind in order to, to help with that. But it sounds that very much your initial thoughts were to help the parents and then the parents can better help the kids rather than let's get to the kids through the parents because we that's that's the, that's the route that most people go to isn't it? that's the route teachers go to generally isn't it yeah i mean that's one of our mantras is that knowledge beats nagging so as a parent if you know how to better support your child it means you're probably going to nag them less uh, and it's a bit of a partnership yeah there's yeah. nothing more frustrating than watching your child be stressed about something and not knowing how to help but if you don't know what good revision looks like if you don't know how to help them, you don't know what they should be doing, then all you've got left is nagging and asking questions. Yeah, and then that. a constant battle yeah. and, and it just stresses everyone yeah. else. How many times does that work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm sure there's quite a few people that are in corporate life that have the same issues that you had. You know, you get a manager, you get a leader, uh, they become destructive to the relationship and very often, you know, that happens. Um, I think when people think about schools and they hear uh, about stress and anxieties, most people blame authorities and, you know, I'm not saying they're, they're blameless, but I, I suspect that most people wouldn't think that it's about the leadership in the school. And it's the same for business, isn't it, as well? You know, we have the same battle with getting the right leaders, the right managers in business. What would you say was one thing that you thought that person, and you know, yeah, obviously we, we don't have to name the person or anything like that, but what was the one thing that you wished that they would have done differently? And what do you see in other people that you have had as leaders that has made you enjoy what you do and has been supportive? Because there's obviously a polarizing, polarizing sort of view there, isn't there, between the two? I mean, I, for me, I think it's when uh, when you're a teacher, you you start your profession, you're still still young or you know whatever age you go in at, 
um, you know, you're at the you're at the bottom of the ladder. You're a classroom teacher. You're doing 23 out of 25 hours of lessons a week, uh, and it and it's really tough. And then you work your way through. You become a junior manager, senior manager, and but you should never forget that you have been back in the ranks before you have been that classroom teacher yeah. with that huge marking load the all the pressures from parents from you know, you know teaching kids who sometimes don't want to be in the classroom so it, it is you know it's the, one of the toughest jobs ever so why all of a sudden when you get to a, a more senior management position would you think it's a great idea to start heaping a whole load of rubbish stress pressure onto those people who are the classroom teachers and that's essentially i think that's both of our experiences where we've had had bosses who've done that who've got to that particular level and thought Do you know what i've got a lot of power i'm going to use it and i don't get it it's it's yeah. a very very strange way of doing and business. it's exactly the same in business yeah exactly yeah. the same it's it, it you know, identical yeah so yeah. We, we, so i was going to say we both had brilliant bosses as well yeah. Uh, and and the difference being they they understand the journey they've been on they understand the pressures yeah. that you're but, going but through. But what did they do differently, Paul? Though that's the thing because I think understanding it is one thing, but doing something differently about it to help with that is is the key thing, isn't it? Because we can understand it all we like, but you've got to put that understanding into action, haven't we? In leadership as well. Yeah, and I, I mean, I was going to say in addition to that, which then feeds into your question, your your job i think as as that in between the higher up management and your team is to be the the umbrella that protects your team from as much of the nonsense that comes down from above as humanly possible because for me good leadership versus bad leadership is about it's about empowering your team if yeah. your team is doing a fantastic job that makes you look good as a manager you don't need to be claiming credit for work that they've done for example, because if your team is doing a fantastic job and you're able to pass on the praise, no, my team is fantastic. Not only does that make you look good as a manager, which you kind of want, but also it builds up your team, it empowers them, it infuses yeah. them, it gives them that motivation and, and helps them to, to knit together as a team and, and to give their best because they know it's being recognized. And I think that, that for me was the big thing yeah. was, it didn't feel like all the extras because as a teacher i'm sure it's the same in any business but you give a lot of extra and and if you feel like that's being recognized it just starts to feel like a grind really quickly and, and just drags you down yeah we were talking before and i think you know that's really important mm -hmm. what you said there because you know i remember one of the first jobs that i had was a manager who did exactly that you know he used to change my reports because we had to do them in pencil he would change my reports, then submit them and take the credit for the reports that had been put in. Um, but a lot of teachers and the head teacher that I was talking about before the recording started at the primary school uh, have such a set of transferable skills. If they get it right, the managers and the leaders and also the teachers, there is a lot that can transfer. You know, as we've just been talking about similarity in business, there's a lot of those great skills that can transfer into business. But... What do you think is it that traps teachers within a school or keeps teachers? Sometimes it is a passion. It's a, you know, something they love doing. But a lot of people probably having similar issues to what you had that would love to escape, but perhaps need to understand how and why. Guilt would be one of the first reasons you don't escape. You feel awful for leaving your team in the lurch because mm. you know there's a teacher shortage and getting hold of someone with experience 
is challenging. Um, guilt at leaving the students because you know that you've built those relationships and they're going to have to rebuild that with a new teacher. Um, but the big one is, is that consistency of income. You've got used to having a steady paycheck. And if you, if you step away from that, it's terrifying because for the most part, by the time you've got to that stage of being a little jaded and wanting to get out, you've got a mortgage and a family and bills to pay and, and yeah. depend on you to have that steady income and, and not having or not feeling like you have the business skills, certainly the marketing skills to, to push forward a business. It means it, it tends to grow more slowly and you you know it's not going to be, yeah, let's match our income within the first couple of months from yeah. when we were teaching. So it's the fear, I think. So I think that's why a lot of people set up a, a side hustle and then gradually mm. build that up. Yeah, I mean, the way we did it, Emily said she went part time. So I was full time. She went part time three days. Um, and then eventually, sort of quite soon after, went uh, co quit teaching completely. But I carried on full time, earning the kind of the boring, sensible salary, twenty first of every month. You know, so we knew that um, we could meet our, you know, um, you know the, the bills basically. And then yeah. slowly but slowly, we got to a point where we knew that we we could just about afford to for both of us to go in and, and start building the business up. Yeah. So. And that's interesting because I remember way, way, way back when I first set up my business, uh, you know, I got a good job. I worked for a construction business. Uh, I was progressing very well. And I decided to set up my own business with a business partner. And I did 12 months. He worked in the business full time. I did 12 months of doing it in the evenings because I had the same sort of worry. I just got married, just bought a house. And I thought, you know, if I if this doesn't work, how am I going to cope? But one thing I would say to, to the pair of you and, you know, credit to you for doing it and to anybody listening, I did that for 12 months. I had enough money in the bank then to pay my wages for 12 months, come what may, even if we got no work. But as soon as I left work and went full time into the business, the business catapulted and we both said, why didn't we do that earlier? We could have been achieving this success, but it is that risk adversity, isn't it? You know, it is that worry and it's a legitimate worry. What would you say to anybody who is feeling that stress and anxiety about stepping in that perhaps might just help them feel better about making a good decision? I think you have to be really, really brutally honest with yourself about the numbers as in projected income. You know, if you've got a business model and um, looking at this, take the numbers that you're looking at, divide them by 10. If you can still cope on that, great, go for great. it. <laughs> but you tend to overestimate these things because you go, well, there's hundreds, there's what 1.7 million students or something. It'll be fine. We only need 1% of those. It'll be easy. No, it's not how it works. No. And you tend to overestimate. So yeah, to be, be extra cautious. However, I think, uh, as, as you found it's that taking away of the safety net you suddenly but it's, it's sink or swim so you're going to work your socks yeah. off to look. yeah it, it's interesting as well you said there about the one percent because uh, somebody was sharing some figures with me some weeks ago about ikea you know and the flat back furniture uh from a retail point of view and you would think that they have a lion's share of the market um uh, but they actually only have seven percent of the market um, 
and you know the the amount that they do to penetrate that market and still walk away with just seven percent of the people who buy furniture is yeah it, it's a steep hill to climb isn't it but seven percent of millions is still quite a few so that, that's Absolutely. that's, that's yeah. what builds a business isn't it um, so just follow on sorry for what emily yeah. said another issue that we've had in terms of advice to somebody starting businesses we really and we still struggle to value uh, the time that we, yeah, yeah. that we have. So if yes. we're doing something for a client, or if we're selling something that we do, sitting there thinking, oh, well, nobody's going to pay that because you know. But actually, you know, think really hard about it. Yeah. Do not undervalue what you do. There's always, you know, we 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 work out our hourly wage as teachers, yeah. and then use that, not really factoring in the fact that our hourly wage as teachers was rubbish when you considered yeah. the number of hours we. Yeah. Yeah. did and we um, have to play pay for all the platforms that we use all the yes. you know the overheads that running a business yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah we 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 definitely made some mistakes but it's been it's been a, a fun journey to yeah. kind of ride together i guess yeah and i think that's a very important thing to to realize that the know your numbers and i love the divide by 10 um uh, if you feel your numbers are too small then times it by 10 because you know people again usually are at one end of the spectrum or the other what would you say has been the, the latest or the most significant thing that you've been working on in your own business because times have changed quite a bit over the last few years particularly with lockdowns obviously you started the business was it before the lockdown started just uh, seven months before so we started it all parent yeah. guide to gcse let's help your child through their exams and then seven months later exams were cancelled yes so that was interesting. Yeah. yeah i, I bet i bet that was yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had somebody. I had somebody who was a guest on a podcast who was in the forces, in the armed forces, and they'd been in there a number of years, and uh, they decided to leave the armed forces literally three months before the pandemic hit and start a mortgage business. Oh, so, it was like what you, timing. You, you know, the universe has a way of uh, testing our tenacity, doesn't it? To say the least. Yes. But, yeah. But what what's happened with you of late? You know, is there anything recent times that you've been working on or developing in your own business? I think uh, the biggest thing for us is is potentially the the summits that we've been doing. So we've started, um, we've done three now. So the two, an annual GCSE one and an annual UCAS summit. So the idea being big live free online event, getting lots of expert speakers to talk about the various different topics involved. And uh, for us to make that financially viable in terms of all the time and the effort that gets put into it we then sell the recordings. So we pre-sell the recordings beforehand at an early bird price and and so on. Mm, And those those have worked really Mm. well. They they tend to mostly balance out in terms of costs, but they bring a lot of people into our world, which then allows us to talk about all the other ways we can support parents. So that's that's been big for us in terms of bringing because schools have put that out for us yeah because it's free schools will will, um, send the details on and it's always a case of generally eight speakers four aimed at students four aimed at parents so we we cover cover both uh, both aspects and and that's a question i was going to ask you know is a summit more for for parents what kind of work do you feel you have to do in attracting the, the speakers then you know because getting getting guest speakers and getting good guest speakers i know from having a podcast is particularly uh, interesting um eight speakers to a summit actually is quite a tall order isn't it but we have a secret weapon and her name is lisa <laughs> and she has magical powers uh, right. she 
she's a VA, works for us just for a couple of hours a week, but she does lots of outreach to get guests for the podcast for, for our wow. summit and so on. And she just seems to have a magical knack. I don't, I'm not entirely sure quite how she does it. She's very determined, but um, yeah. she, she's got some, some great speakers. We've tended to go for people who run small businesses themselves. So rather than in the world of education, there's not so much the big, shiny, expensive speaker. It's the small businesses who are tutoring businesses, who um, we, we have the performance canteen who do sports nutrition, but also, you know, food for thought. It's how to yeah. feed your brain as a teenager. And Motivational speakers for yeah. students. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think also having been in teaching, you, know, you get quite a lot of connections for people who... Yeah who are still teachers, but also who have left the profession and now set up the small businesses that Emily's talking yeah. about. So yeah, we just sometimes, I don't know if lean on them is right, because you know, whilst they're helping us out, it, you know, it's a two-way street. They, they get to sort of advertise their wares and, yeah. and, and honestly. And I think a, a big part of it is if I was doing it as, as an outreach person, I would take rejections personally, just because that's me. Yes. Do. Yeah. Whereas for her, it's not a personal thing. She's working on it for us. So she's not afraid to reach out to people. I, yeah. I wrote the parent guide to uh, the GCSE survival guide for parents, which Paul has helpfully brought in so I can wait. Yes, there you go. <laughs> um, available at all good bookstores, so long as they're called Amazon. Uh, <laughs> and she she reached out. It, she she billed us for celebrity mum stalking, which sounds disturbing, hence the air quotes for those of you that are just listening. But she managed to get a full word from Terry Dwyer from Hollyoaks and a jacket quote from Claudia Winkleman and oh, just blew my mind. So yeah. she's, because there's no kind of personal stake in it for her, she's just like, yeah, why not? I'll email them, let's see what yeah. happens. And, and I think sometimes, you know, you do need to just ask. Yeah, you know, I've had yeah. guests on this podcast and I've, you know, I've, I've read you the list that I've got of uh, my hero authors and somebody mentioned one of them and said, oh, uh, yeah, you'll never get him on your podcast. You know, he charges $10,000 an episode to be a guest. Um, and I just emailed and said, look, I've got a podcast. I don't make any money out of it. I've got nothing to pay you. This is why I'm doing it. This is the value behind it. I want to put you in a spotlight. Would you like to be a guest? And the response back was, yeah, sure. No problem. But I'll only give you 30 really? minutes. So 30 yeah. minutes is all I need. That's all my okay. podcast is. So that's all. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes you do need to. Act. I would say, though, as somebody who's received some of her communications, she actually does it in a very connected, respectful way as well, rather than the usual demanding, I've got something that you want kind of thing. So, yeah, so great. Good secret tool to have there. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. What what kind of differences that made then having these summits? Because, you know, I think we've, particularly during the pandemic, Tony Robbins did a summit, everybody was doing summits and it was the inward, like pivoting, that became the inward summits likewise what kind of difference has that made for you and is continuing to make for you well uh, we generally most of our well we have mem it's a membership essentially that we run so parent guides yeah. gcse parent guides post 16 membership uh, and that's kind of that was our initial model i guess yeah. and uh, because it's a paid membership um you, you can't go to schools and say could you please advertise this because schools just simply won't do that it's got to be something that's free otherwise yeah they wouldn't advertise something that some of their parents can't afford whereas the summit is free if you turn yeah. up on this you know generally you do them on a sunday two till six um it's entirely free you don't need to pay for anything you get all eight all eight speakers completely for free fantastic and because of that schools will happily 
send the information out. So we don't necessarily advertise it anywhere apart from just sending it to school saying, look, this is a fabulous event. It's going to really help your students and your parents. Could you please send the information out to your parent body? And yeah. generally they say yes. So it's it's um, helped us build those relationships yeah. with schools and it's helped us build authority as well because, uh, you know, with, with some of the guests, um, just the being associated with them in some way is is extremely powerful so there's been the list building aspect of it we've got to meet some some great people and and put together some connections for then future podcast episodes or other ways that we can help each other and and we really quite enjoy it Mm. if nothing else it's it's a great way to do things and parents haven't really got the the summit fatigue in the same way because it's not another marketing summit or another whatever because businesses Mm. we've got a lot of it yeah Um, yeah it's very different nobody else is really doing this so it's so so help me understand then uh, and i'm sure some of the people listening to this have probably either thought about doing their own summit or have tried the summit is free people can come along so it's easy for people to promote because they're promoting something that's zero cost but you mentioned then about selling the recordings you know um how does that work then because who would pay for a recording of something that they could turn up for free and with parents, I think partly it's, I'm not sure I'm going to get my teenager to stay still for this long and I'm, it, it's going to be good. I need them to see this. And um, it's for some of them, I, I could turn up, but I'm not sure I want to, or I, you know, I'd rather do it in my own time. For some it's, I can do it live for this child, but in a couple of years when it's my next child, I'd quite like to be able to come back to it. Uh, there's a there's a lot of value delivered within the talks our our speakers are all carefully chosen to be really really helpful in terms of practical things that parents can do so being able to go back and revisit things it's not a lot it's uh, 27 pounds for for the recordings if you get the early bird deal and the price goes midge as you get closer to the thing so it's not anything expensive it's the ability to just then dip in dip out and go oh they said something about this because yeah. when this one's two years away from exams, it feels like forever, but it's really not. And it goes really fast hmm. and things change as they get further along into the year and different yeah. things. Become hmm. So you come back to it with almost a different lens, definitely hmm. for a different child. Yeah. And I, th- I think for me as well, when I attend something like that, and I remember doing the Tony Robbins one when sort of uh, COVID first hit and he did a, uh, a world summit he called it and there were two reasons for, for doing the vip access one you got a kit which had a flask in it which was quite nice and something to drink out of uh, and like a nice free gift but the other one was like you've just said there when i'm doing it live things start to come to mind and i start thinking and the person's still talking i'm writing down where if i've got the recording i tend to like through the recording and i can stop it you can't stop live can you unless unless you've got sky tv or something like that but you know generally you know that's very difficult so i I like the recordings purely so i can work through it at my own pace stop take some notes think about it work on it and then move forward with it so yeah so i can yeah i can definitely see the advantage of that definitely i mean a good example is we had a we had a um a former examiner come on mm. and talk about how to write the perfect history essay. Uh, he's been a teacher, he's been an examiner, been a head examiner, and he just basically laid it out. This is what I want to see. This is how you get the marks. Yeah. This is the, so he had a kind of a picture, and it was just 
was, even Magic. for us as teachers, it was mind blowing. And that's the sort of thing as a parent, if you see that thinking, my goodness, my child really needs that, but he's, he or she, they're playing football, they're doing whatever. Um, they're not yeah. here to watch it. I, I will, I'd happily pay a small fee just to have that recording to, to show them because it, it, it was a game changer. And yeah. yeah, most of the guests, in fact, all of the guests we have on have always got major value to give yeah. to parents and students. So. So we've talked about the summits, we've talked about your backstory, we've talked about Emily's motorcycle levers. What, um, where would you like to go and what would you like to share with the listeners that they can perhaps either take away from you or they can go and check you out? Where do you want to direct the people listening to this to? Just search for Parent Guide to GCSE. You can find our page or our group on Facebook and you can find the website, all the useful stuff's on there, or you can search Parent Guide to Post 16 if you've got an, an older teen. But yeah. it's for us, it's all about that community. It's about knowing that as a parent, you are not the only person going through this and yeah. it's going to be okay. There is support, there is help, even if you just need to vent for a minute because teenagers are not easy and they don't yeah. come with a manual and uh, it's it's a tough one but you yeah. don't have to do it on your own talking about manuals you waved a colored book at me a little bit earlier tell us the title of the book and where we can go and get the book I'll wave it again the gcse survival guide for parents uh, again all good bookstores so long as they're called amazon yeah. uh, and it's a very kind of tongue-in-cheek light-hearted practical guide to surviving the GCSE years as a parent not just the academic stuff but also understanding how your teenager's brain is developing and why they do drive you mental and do the crazy things and that it's it's not just them and they will grow out of it we'll get your teenager well teenager you'll get your small human back at some yeah. stage yeah. they might not be a teenager by then but you will get them yeah, back yeah. Yeah. okay <laughs> okay so we know where to go we know what to look for, uh, and you know, I think what I'm hearing is a lot of these skills. If you're listening to this and you're not a parent, actually, or you have been a parent in the past, these are all transferable things anyway. These will help you understand people, processes, leadership, and everything else as well. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, and who knows? You might know a parent. Uh, so, if you were to give the listeners one tip, one thing that they could take away, whether... It's a tip for business or it's a tip for a parent. We've never had a parent tip before, so that might be a favourite. But if you could share one thing with the listeners today, what would that be? I think if you need to get some important advice across to your teenager, I'm going with the parent tip. Yep. If you need to get important advice across to your teenager, find someone else to give it for you. Because teenagers are pre-programmed not to listen to their parents. But if someone else says it, Ooh. it quite often gets through. It's a ah. sneaky little tip but it works yeah and that's interesting I, I work with a business down in Dorset and they do exactly the same with their team they say you know we tell them what to do but if you can have a chat with them they'll probably yeah. do it as the coach they'll listen to somebody outside the business sometimes more than the people running the business yeah so great yeah. great business tip and parent tip as well so that's great yeah. so final question then you're going to have your next coffee um, in a dream location, where would that location be? And if you could take one of your favourite books, fictional or non-fictional with you, what would that book be that you'd read while you were drinking your coffee? Right, I'm going to choose a location. I'll let Emily choose the book oh, if that's okay. okay. Right. So, there you go. Um, 
probably Portugal. Yeah, Portugal, probably Val de Lobo um, on the uh, on the Algarve. So very close to Faro. Beautiful place. Probably our favourite place in Europe to go. Indeed. And uh, I'm going to pick Good Omens because it is the book I keep going back to and reading and rereading because it's always hilarious. Good Omens so, by? Perry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Uh, they're made into a series on Amazon Prime. But the it has. I've, I've seen the series, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Write, I, did, I never worked out who actually wrote the book. I knew it was based upon a book, but yeah, yeah, yeah. David Tennant, isn't it? So uh, yeah, cracking characters. Fantastic. Well, you've been amazing guests. Uh, you're giving us some good insights uh, in various aspects of life and business and teaching and parenting. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you for having us. Thank you for us. having us. And of course, listeners, it's the usual request: leave a review. Tell us what you thought of this episode. Tell us what difference it's made for you if you're a parent or a business owner, or perhaps let us know that you've passed what you've learned today on to somebody else so it can help them as well and share the, the story of uh, the Parent Guide to Education and the Parent Guide to GCSEs. We know where to go to do and find all the details uh, of Paul and Emily, uh, and all we need to do as well is subscribe so you can find out when the next one is coming available. And as always, I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.